gore fiends and horror hounds this is mom from dimension z brett's mother and this is my absolute favorite halloween horror movie sleepy hollow happy throbtober thank you mom for that marvelous introduction i am brett from dimension z joined as i am every day this month by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going awesome because we're covering sleepy hollow from 1999 tim burton's version and this is a movie I grew up with since it came out. I remember I th- we may have seen this in theaters. Hence you telling me, hey, my mom wants us to do Sleepy Hollow like months ago. <laughs> I had to go out and find a copy so your mom wouldn't be mad at me next time I'd see you guys. Yeah, it's like one of the um, the mom has requested that and Salem's Lot because she loves that movie too, but she's like terrified of it. So I was like, okay, we can do Sleepy Hollow, Mom, because I also really love the movie. So yes, this is dedicated to Mom from Dimension Z. <laughs> okay, so Sleepy Hollow from 1999, rated R, directed by Tim Burton. Man, this is a weird movie watching it in 2022. Yeah, um, this is before Tim Burton turned into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Tim Burton. This is still where he's like, this is maybe one of his last really good movies. Well, this is in that Mars Attacks era of him, and Ed Wood era, you know what I mean? I really love, and I still like his other stuff later, but it's definitely different. But I'm just talking about, like, this is weird in, like, it's that cross between practical and CGI, where... They really started using it, but they didn't quite have it right. As much as me and you'll like bitch about CGI, to be honest, a lot of times I don't really mind it too much. I'd always prefer practical. I'm like, you know what, if it looks good, whatever. This might have looked good at the time. <laughs> Maybe. But there are definitely a few different scenes of CGI where I'm like, oh, that didn't age well. That looks really bad. Yeah, so this is a fun one to watch. It didn't yeah. bother me, but it definitely, like... Oh man, this feels super old, like older than a lot of like the 70s and 80s movies we cover now. When the Headless Horseman turns into Jim Carrey from The Mask for a split second later, <laughs> and he does the blah face, it's like, what was that? They really love that blah face, because they used it twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real, real quick, I want to mention, one of the producers on this is Francis Ford Coppola, who directed fucking <laughs> The Godfather. Holy shit, that's wild. Well, you know, this is a, this is a good movie, though. Oh, like, yeah. I, I can see it. This is obviously based on the oldest legend, like, gothic legend that is told today. Uh, always around Halloween, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, Ichabod Crane, all this stuff. Right, which, real quick to mention just Sleepy Hollow, Do you, you've most likely seen the cartoon, right? Where it's like Sleepy Hollow and Mr. Toad. Dude, like, I'm not exaggerating when I say... Over 25 years ago, probably. But yes. Did, did you like it? I never really liked that version. I liked when the Headless Horseman showed up. But all the bumbling cartoon Ichabod Crane stuff, I was always like, I hate it. I thought it was fine. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of my favorite like animated things as a kid. Yeah. But I, it, it was okay. I remember it would come on and it would be like, I guess. Because this is back in, like, we just had cable and we're just flipping through. It's like, well, it's either this or the news, so... Yeah. 
this is definitely, I'd say, the superior version, not the, the mildly racist Disney cartoon version. Oh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Is it bad? Did they do a naughty? It's interesting. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's worth a re-examining, I'll say. Okay. I might have to rewatch this with my eyes, 29-year-old eyes. <laughs> yeah, let me know how that goes for you. Yeah. All right. So, you want to jump into this thing? Yeah, let's record this fucker. All right, so it starts with the, well, what looks like blood dripping, just like American Psycho did, where it was dessert in American Psycho. Here it is ink for a seal, because Peter Van Garrett's last will and testament is being signed. And at the beginning, this means absolutely nothing to us, and to the point when it's revealed, I completely forgot about the beginning. Oh, yeah, exactly, because it's like over an hour later, it seems to come back into play. Yeah, exactly. And we cut to this creepy scarecrow, and <laughs> this coachman is driving and is decapitated. And so the guy in the coach runs into the cornfield to the creepy scarecrow, and then is also decapitated. That's one thing about this movie, is the atmosphere is so good. I love how creepy and gothic it is. It fits in the like October Halloween feeling 100%. It's very foggy. Oh yeah, it's very, very foggy. <laughs> and cut to New York City, 1799. Turn of the century. Uh, Ichabod Crane, played by one Johnny Depp, who looks extremely young in this movie, yes. finds a body in the river and wants to have it examined as it's taken. They're like, the cause of death's drowning. What's there to examine? He's like, well, with science we can see, did it die from drowning or was it dead before it was thrown in the river? He's a man of science in a time that does not care. Yeah, because it's brought in front of, I'm guessing, it's like a judge or something, and he's immediately like, burn the body. And Johnny Depp's like, I would like to perform an autopsy. He's like, desecrate the body! And I also love where the these two policemen come, and there's this guy that's beating the shit out of. His face is all bloody, and they're like, what happened to him? He's like, oh, he was a burglar. He's like, okay, throw him in the dungeon. And they just open up a hatch and toss him in, and it's almost like the Wilhelm scream. And he's like, ah! <laughs> Speaking of judges, our next scene smash cuts oh. to Ichabod in court and testifying before a judge played by none other than Christopher fucking Lee. I forgot he was in this movie. When he showed up, I was like, holy shit, it's Christopher Lee. Also, he plays the Burgermeister. <laughs> is that who he is? Yeah, that's what it says on Letterboxd, the Burgermaster. <laughs> I won't lie, we just did Frankenstein yeah. and... I still don't know what a Burgermeister is. <laughs> He's just the man that's in charge of all the hamburgers in town. Okay. But he is testifying against, like, medieval torture methods and stuff, saying, like, we advance beyond this, we should be doing away with all this kind of stuff. We'll flash back a lot throughout this to why he's so against these methods. Yeah, and uh, those flashbacks always creep me out a lot. They're they're bizarre. I don't know how, how much of them is real, how much of them is yeah. like just dream stuff, you know what I mean? Right. How, and how much of this, like, okay, magic does exist because the dead body person comes back without a head and kills people. But to what extent, you know? Yeah, I always assume, like, that's the only instance of magic. But who knows? Right. Because there's, like you said, there's all kinds of witchcraft all throughout this. It's like you said, 1799, so it feels like that time of like almost like the witch, but that was like over a hundred years before. Exactly. Like, it's hard to get the read on what's going on in this time since we're not from it. 
Right. And it's also a thing of, like, he's in New York City, and that's all, like, everyone's prim and proper, and they have their suits on, and, you know, it's uh, cobblestone streets, and Ichabod has to go into Sleepy Hollow, like, outside of, like, the real world kind of thing, where, like, the magic stuff, people still really believe in it, because even at one point, he's like, well, you know, we believe in science in New York City. It's like, you're not in New York City. Yeah, it's because the judge does send him there to go investigate. There's been a string of murders, all decapitations. So he lets He's like just getting of- rid of him. <laughs> I honestly think that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's just like, get, you're like a thorn in my side. You keep making us actually do our jobs and like, go after murderers. Blah, blah, blah. Go away to Sleepy Hollow. Get rid of the Iron Maidens, what what? <laughs> Run to the hills! But he frees his pet cardinal from its cage and leaves. And as he's rolling into town, all the townspeople are all shutting their windows like he's a monster rolling in. Oh yeah, it's 100% like, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> the, he walks to this big mansion, the Baltus household, and... There's a big party going on in there, and they're playing some game where Christina Ritchie's character, Katrina, is in the middle of a circle of guys blindfolded, saying, I'm the witch, and I'm going to find someone to kiss, and is, like, jumping out at people, and I don't understand this game. No, and it seems like her, like, boyfriend, fiancé, Brom, uh, is very, like, okay with it, until Johnny Depp shows up. It's like, hunka hunka Johnny Depp, and she kisses him, and then he gets all huffy about it. I mean, I get it. She lands on Johnny Depp in this game, gives him a kiss, like we said, Brom yells at him, but they find out who he is, he's given a room, and he meets with all the elders and, like, rich people who run the town. Johnny Depp has great, like, um... How he delivers the lines is so well, because Brahms is like, I don't think I know your name, sir. It's like, well, because I have not yet said it. And then he just turns away from him, like, go away, you. (laughs) But this is where he's learning about the case, and, like, they're talking about it's scary and everything, and he's talking about it's simply science, we'll come to the conclusion of it. But he learns that not only were all these victims decapitated, but there were no heads found at the scene. So whoever's doing this is taking the heads for themselves. Right, and everyone's like, it's the ghost, you know, it's like evil spirits. And he's like, no, it's just a serial killer, even though that term doesn't exist yet. Yeah, and he's told of the Headless Horseman here. And we're given some really cool flashbacks, which also runs our Count of the Dead up insanely high. Yes. He was a Hessian soldier during, like, the American Revolution, I guess, who, instead of coming for money to fight against the uh, colonies, he just wanted to do it to kill. And he was very good at it, and he was just lopping heads off of everybody until finally they hunted him down. He was in the woods. Some girl snapped a twig while they were searching for him, and they found him, cut off his head with his own sword, and buried him. Am I doing this justice? Is that pretty much it? Yeah, it's great. It, it's a great smash cut of it's him in battle, just like killing 50 people at once. And then it just smash cuts to him getting shot off his horse. So the Headless Horseman in the flashbacks and then later in the movie is played by Christopher Walken. I got a fever and the only prescription is more decapitated heads. So I, I've been thinking about this. I've come to this conclusion 
Christopher Walken must have wanted to do this movie. I mean, the Headless Horseman must be a fun role to do. Because the, he has no lines, if I'm not mistaken. No. No, he Not doesn't. Not a single one. He has some yells and things like that. Maybe in the flashbacks he might say something, but pretty much well, no lines. He yells and hisses, and at one point when the little girls give him away, he's like, shh. Yeah, but like, so this didn't have to go to like a big name or anything. I'm pretty sure he probably just wanted to do it. Well, there's certain roles, like how Bella always wanted to play Jekyll and Hyde. Like, there's probably maybe certain roles that maybe this is his role that he always wanted to do. Or he'd be like, oh, that was going to be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no way to know for sure, but right. that's just what I thought. Real but, quick, while we're on the Headless Horseman, because when the Headless Horseman has his head, it's 100% Christopher Walken. Throughout yes. most of the movie, it's just a Headless Horseman with no head just riding around. So it's like, there's no way that's Christopher Walken under there. So I was like, who played the Headless Horseman when he was headless? You'll never guess who. Am I to take a guess? Yes. Okay, going by the time frame, stunt work, under lots of makeup, I'm going to say Doug Jones? No, Ray Park. Oh, no shit, Darth Maul! (laughs) Yes, Darth Maul also plays the Headless Horseman throughout all of the Headless scenes. Oh, that makes perfect sense, okay. (laughs) I saw that, and I was like, oh, I gotta tell Greg. Because he, don't you actually like episode one, kind of? I fucking love the prequels, dude. Okay. Everyone, everyone <laughs> see, fuck you. These movies are amazing. But, oh, but uh, that night, there's a man watching the fil- field, like because everyone's oh. in terror of this headless horseman, and of course, the headless horseman <laughs> shows up every time he rides out of the woods. It's so cool. He's kind of stormy, like fog, and then boom, he comes tearing out of it. It's always such a cool scene. Number one, he's in this treehouse thing on guard, like at the city limits, like at the tree line. But yeah. it's like a tiny little, like short treehouse where you have to lay down in it. Why can't they just have a thing where you can set? Why do you have to lay down on the hardwood and it hurts? Maybe That's it gives him more one. cover. I don't know. Maybe, but it's really weird looking. Even when I was little, I was like, why is he in this tiny little treehouse thing? Um, did you notice the, like, cause there's the torches set up at the edge of the woods. And when, right before the horseman came, there was like fog came out and almost just put the torches out. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But there's a fight with the headless horseman and then a chase. And of course he is decapitated and his head is taken. Um, that's all next day. Ichabod's given a horse and he goes to the new murder scene of that guy. They, oh, yeah. they're all. No one knows anything about crime scene investigating because it's like he's a genius when he's like, let's look for tracks. He's also like, did you move the body? And the one guy's like, well, yes. It's like, you never moved the body. He's like, why? It's a big... And I love Johnny Depp's uh, delivery of because. And he just turns away and goes about his business. <laughs> or is it because I said so or something like that? Well, no, he just goes because. <laughs> and then goes back to examining. <laughs> But he reenacts the scene for everybody, like where the horse turned and everything like that. It's also and very funny throughout because Ichabod Crane is kind of a scaredy cat character. Yeah. Just from the very beginning. Where Johnny Depp plays it so well of he gets like grossed out by all the bodies, but he's still like the person that has to deal with all of it. I don't know how many times he passes out through this movie where it becomes a running thing of every time he does it, you like laugh. Yeah. He's kind of just like, 
honestly, it's kind of like his Pirates of the Caribbean role, where he's not equipped to handle these situations, just runs away, and by dumb luck, keeps surviving, too. I got a jar of dirt! (laughs) And he's afraid of everything, yeah. Yeah. But the victim's son, young Masbeth, as we will call him, at the funeral becomes... Crane's new assistant. He basically is like, I don't have, I'm the man in my house now, I don't have anywhere to go, I'll help you avenge my father. Come, Robin, to the Batcave, let's analyze who the Headless Horseman is. Well, I love at first, he's like, no. And then he comes up with the idea that he needs to unearth the bodies because he wants to look, because the one guy, God, I'm so bad at these people's names, but Burton Dursley from Harry Potter. It's, yeah, it's the, um, big fat guy that's in this movie. And he even take, cause they all wear their powdered wigs, but he takes his wig off, is like fanning himself with it. And this way he's like, there's five bodies and four graves, which it takes him way too long to understand. It should be immediately like, oh, one of them's a woman. She must have been pregnant. Now, did they stack bodies on top of each other? I mean, why wouldn't he just say that instead of giving him this yeah. cryptic riddle? Yeah, it's really weird. I just do. This is also a burgermeister, that dude. What is a burgermeister? Well, because Christopher Lee was a burgermaster, this is the burgermeister, so I have no idea. A burgermeister is a chairman of the executive council. Oh, okay, so like a. It's a title. I don't know. Town council person. But, okay, that's it. I had to look it up now, because it's come up way like, too many times. I feel like if they still called it Burgermeister, more people might be interested in the job. Probably. Until they get there, and they're like, what do you mean I don't get free cheeseburgers? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had no interest in young Masbeth until um, Burgermeister tells him that, and he realizes he's got to dig up these bodies. He's like, you, young Masbeth, dig these up! Yeah, does that mean he also just has to dig up his father who was just buried? I don't think so, because they just saw that casket go close. Okay. He knows that one only has one. Yeah. Unless there's like a Gabriel-type thing in the back of one of their heads. I wish. But he performs the autopsy, and it's he's just getting soaked with blood, and it's hilarious <laughs> how, how blood-covered he is. Because he comes out, and everyone's like horrified of his appearance after he does the autopsy. And he realizes the woman was pregnant and everything. There's so many great scenes of Johnny Depp getting squirted in the face with blood. Of You know this like, special effects person's right off the screen with like a squirt bottle. It's just like, aim for his eye. Squirt! Because every time it hits, Johnny Depp like flinches. And he's like, oh, yeah. god damn it. <laughs> that night, Ichabod is on a horse crossing a bridge and is chased by the headless horseman. He rides into the woods, it keeps going after him. And he takes his fiery jack-o'-lantern head and throws it at him, and it smashes, and there's Brom being a fake Headless Horseman to scare him. Yeah, this is the classic Headless Horseman you always see, which I'm glad that the real one doesn't carry the pumpkin, because I think that would have been a little too cartoonish. I like, though, that they got it in there with the Brom's prank. I would have liked it, but I understand. Once again, Johnny Depp passes out. Yes, and this is where we have these weird mom dreams. Yeah, where um, throughout the entire movie, and it comes back and forth, but he keeps having flashbacks of his mom and starts remembering more and more things. Like, it kind of turns out that she was, like, 
a witch kind of but it's like one of the people that did folk magic back in the day to the fact of she would draw a sun and a star in like the ashes of the fireplace and that's enough to be like witch <laughs> i'm your husband but i'm going to put you in the iron maiden and what make our sun watch it's a lot of the same things Katrina does, too, which, like, obviously draws him to her throughout the movie. We'll just cover all these now. The whole, yeah. like, end thing is his mom's putting the Iron Maiden, and that's why he's so against torture. And, like, the, he has all these, like, little dots on his hand, like, on his palms, and you see that scars for when, like... It's one of those chairs that just has spikes on it, and he, like, leaned against that when he saw his mom pop out with 50 gallons of blood chasing him. Yeah, like the shining elevators just opened. Yeah. But that night he's talking to Katrina. He walks in on her reading. He's like, oh, sorry. She goes, oh, no, I don't mind. And they talk for a little bit, and he's given a spell, charm, and spirit book by her. And he's immediately dismissive of, like, I have no such need of that kind of thing. And she's like, you're just so sure of yourself, aren't you? Like, here, t- take it, please. I'm giving you a gift. And thank God that he did take it. Yep. Well, it saves her later. But yep. they go to this old house ruins, pretty much. Like, just the foundation of a house left. And she does what his mom in the dream does. Like, dr- weird little drawing thing in the dirt. Yeah, it almost looks like what the Evil Dead cabin from the first movie looks like now. Exactly. It's just the chimney in, like, a frame. Later on, he sees... This is Vernon Dursley's character name. The Burgermeister is also the Magistrate. He sees him leaving, and he goes up and questions him. He's, like, <laughs> in a panic, though. He's getting the fuck out of town. And he's like, I know too much or something like that. He's like, damn you, Crane. Like, leave me alone. Because it's like he's carry. He has like a mule or something that has a cart that has all of his belongings. It's just this little fat man waddling down the road trying to get away. <laughs> but he's walking <laughs> at like half a mile an hour. And of course, Ichabod Crane rides up. He's like, leave me alone. But right then, fog lifts, lightning. And boom, out from the woods pops a headless horseman riding after him, decapitates the magistrate. Mind you, this one right in front of Ichabod. He sees yeah. the entire thing, but it doesn't attack him. But he wakes up in bed. Oh, and oh. It does the great thing of he gets his head cut off, the magistrate dude. And it roll. It starts rolling down the hill and it goes between Ichabod Crane's legs. And it's one of a few instances where he almost gets stabbed in the dick. Where, like, the Headless Horseman uh, rides back around to grab the head, so he stabs it, uh, stabs the head to take it away, and it's right there between Johnny Depp's legs, and he passes out again. Yeah. And this time he wakes up in bed with uh, Baltus <laughs> and a bunch of people around him, and he's terrified. He's like, it was a Headless Horseman. But remember, all these people already thought it was a Headless Horseman. He's like, yes. <laughs> he goes, no, but for real. Yes. Like, he's panicked, though, because now he believes. This is one of my favorite scenes of the movie, because it's just finally Ichabod Crane coming to, like, the man of science being like, it was a headless horseman. It's like, yes, we know. That's why you're here. It's like, no, it was a horseman. Headless. He didn't have a head. And then he's like, yeah, then he passes out again. But his, just how he's like, even in bed, like he like goes into the corner and he has his covers like up by his face. Like he's a little kid hiding. <laughs> <laughs> But he just passes right back out again and has more weird mom dreams. Next right. day, he decides he's going to go to the horseman's grave and young Masbeth will accompany him. Well, he appears out of his room because what it sounds like he's been in there like locked up for a few days. And he almost gets himself back together of like, okay, well, 
this is something new, but I'm still here to solve the mystery. So he like, uh, gets himself all together and he goes out and he's like, I need some men to help me ride into the woods to find the grave. Who's with me? And it's just the little kids like I am and no one else will go with him. <laughs> but on the way there, they find a witch hut pretty much. Yeah, this scene growing up, I would, have you ever had one of those, like, I, there's not many, but where you cover your eyes because you're so scared? Yes. This was a scene where every time it would come up, as soon as the witch hut would come, I'd be like, Mom, let me know when it's over. And I would cover <laughs> my eyes and look down because when she does the face, it freaked me out so much. The creepy CGI face? Yeah, oh my god, it scared me when I was little. But they talk to this witch, she's like, hello, I have no like, qualms with that you're a witch, but could you help me find where the Headless Horseman is buried? She says, buried. She sends young Masbeth out and chains herself and, like, does this weird little potion thing where she's cutting, like, the head off bats and putting all this weird stuff in a jar as Ichabod sits across from her, and then she lunges at him, and that's why she chained herself, I guess, because she knew she would, and her face pops out, like you said, Son of the Mask style. Well, yeah, her eyeballs pop out, like a snake comes out of her mouth, and she's like, right into the westerly wood where the sun dies, that's where you'll find his grave. <laughs> I'm giving her the Son of the Mask, I'm giving Walken the Mask, if I'm comparing Which, them. Now watching it, like I just did right before we recorded, I was like, okay, it's kind of really cheesy looking. But little me was like, oh, this is the most terrifying thing that's ever been put on film. Tells them exactly where to go. So that's where they go next. They have to find the uh, dead tree or the evil tree, whatever it's called. He uh, he bursts out of the witch's lair and uh, the little, the kid's sitting there and he's like, we're going. Come on, we're leaving. It's like, what happened? Nothing. Come on. I don't want to speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> On the way there, they find Katrina. They think it's someone else, but it's just her. And she joins them. And they find the Tree of the Dead. They cut off a piece of the branch, and it bleeds. It's actually, like, more gory than anything else, this tree getting chopped up. It's really cool. And, there's, of course, Ichabod Crane takes the hatchet to the tree, and he gets squirted in the eye with blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He chops at it more, like, in the center, and he finds all the heads that the horseman has taken. Right, yeah, and they all, like, kind of pop out, and it's really cool kind of looking. The tree part, though, when the Headless Horseman comes out of it is extremely cheesy, but it is cool where he climbs up to the top of the tree and he undigs the body, and he's like, the head's missing, and blah, blah, blah. And then right before the Horseman comes out, you see all the roots, like, encase the skeleton kind of thing. Yeah, they, like, quickly like jump over and pull it, and then the tree opens up, the Horseman comes riding out, but... Ichabod chases after it. It's not really after them, though. So, he, at this point, later, he'll reveal, come to the conclusion that someone is pointing it at something, pretty much, and controlling it, and naming its victims. He's like, so the person I'm after is still actually flesh and blood. Like, yes, the horseman's horrible, but someone's controlling him. Yeah. The headless horseman breaks into this house, and fights this oh. husband and the midwife, uh, decapitates the husband, breaks into the basement, decapitates the wife, and is the small boy decapitated? Yes, it's such a okay, I thought it's so. such a sad scene. This also terrified me when I was little because it's just me, mom and dad. We're we're a, th a three-person family, you know, with me growing up. I didn't have brothers or sisters. 
So it almost like reminded me of like, oh, look, it's almost like us. And then mom and dad get killed. And then <laughs> the kid gets killed. I remember when like mom gets decapitated and the head rolls to where it's like peeking under the floorboard, staring at the kid. Yo, that seems wild. But it's also you feel bad because they, they do the tiny little character building moment of like, oh, mom and dad love each other. They're kissing and they're all like joking around and stuff. The kids watching their version of television, which is a candle that like puts off a shadow. <laughs> yes, that's the excitement of the night. But it is where uh, the both the parents get decapitated and the kids lit, like hiding under the floorboards. And the headless horseman's like, "Wait a minute!" And he goes after the kid, and there's a child death in this movie. Oh yeah, but he's leaving with his new heads, and Brom, the asshole boyfriend to Katrina, shoots him off his horse, and the fight ensues, which is the horseman's sword oh. versus his rifle. I love that he shoots him and has to reload, but yeah, this is yeah. 1799, it takes an hour to reload a gun. Well, because he shoots him off the horse, and it seems like it's an extremely powerful gun, especially for the time. But then, like you said, like the headless horseman gets flown off the horse, and he lands, and the horse goes running away. Um... And then the horseman gets up. So then Brom has to get out his gunpowder. And he's like sitting there trying to do it quickly. And it's like, no matter how quick you are, you're not going to do that in 10 seconds. No, not at all. But um, at this well, point... It, wasn't it like a minute it takes about? Because isn't that why they would call the minute men? Oh, I have no idea, to be honest. I think like, and this is just like a... Uh, one of those A&E biographies or whatever, and they mentioned, like, this thing. But it was something between 30 seconds and a minute. It's the quickest you can do this. Oh, yeah, it's not fast at all. But at this point, they start fighting. He's using his gun more as just protection from the sword, and Crane shows up and grabs a sickle and is joined in the fight. So it's these oh, two yeah. versus the Headless Horseman. I do enjoy the sickle fight of its, yeah, Crane and Brahms against the Headless Horseman, and Ichabod keeps trying to be like, he's not after us. Like, there's nothing we can do. But they do injure him, and they both run across the covered bridge. They turn around, and he's gone, but... He snuck over the top of the bridge, jumps down in front of them, stabs Crane, but cuts the other guy in two. Yeah, which is another point of your your kind of seeing of the horseman's just after certain heads and certain people because they didn't even want to fight these two. And finally, Brahms just pissed him off enough, and he didn't even decapitate him. He just cuts him in half. Yeah. Which I wonder if that's part of Ray Park is sitting there playing the thing, be like, no, I'm going to cut you in half, motherfucker. <laughs> this is his revenge. It's like, I'm going to pretend you're Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who has the high ground now, Obi-Wan? <laughs> you're not going to get a series. I'm going to get a series. <laughs> but Crane wakes up again is talking to Katrina, and the next morning he's going over the suspect list, list with Masbeth, really nothing discovered yet but they go to the notary and they find van garrett's new will with the seal broken so someone has seen it and took action and this seems to be our biggest clue so far look i can't follow this i'm not I gonna lie brett i forget who the guy is but he's the guy with like the white eye where it's like one 
like colored eye and then the cornea or whatever on the one eye is white and he's like oh he's really old and raggedy looking and he's like the hiding in the guy. cupboard yeah he's hiding in the cupboard where crane opens up the cupboard and he's right there and he's like ah oh. it's like leave me alone <laughs> He's just sad the whole time. He has his head down. He's almost doing like the overacting thing where he's like biting his fist, like, oh, please leave this place. So the new will would have left everything to the new wife instead of the next of kin. So, look, if I can spoil the end a little bit. So, what I am piecing together, correct me yes. if I'm wrong, the lady who's married to Dumbledore, the Baltus guy. Okay. She is married to the next of kin who would have originally inherited the will. So the thing is to kill who was going to inherit the new wife, so the will's never read, then have everything inherited to her husband and have her husband killed, and she has all the money. Right. Where, yeah, it's just okay, the... Uh, good. It's eliminating the entire family until you're the next one that will get everything. Okay. And the town elders all seem to have known this, and like that this went on, but they can't do anything about it. Right. And Crane comes to the conclu conclusion that it was Bordas since he is the next of kin, which honestly is your logical conclusion. Yeah, and the, I forget, um, is it, what, Lady Van Tassel, who, spoilers, yes. is the person that did everything? She yes. only shows up every once in a while, almost in the background, until the one point when she's taking care of Ichabod after he got stabbed. And he's like, oh, I don't ask the lady of the house to take care of me. And she's like, well, usually I wouldn't, but all the maids ran away, so now I have to give you soup. Uh, he goes back to his room, and Katrina tells him that her dad wants him to go back to New York. Why? Maybe because he thinks that saw your suspect list or something like that, and that he was on there. Um, he's terrified by a spider here. She leaves the room. He asks yeah. Masbeth to kill it, but it goes under the bed and he sees something under there. They move the bed and they find this weird witchy symbol carved underneath his bed. Well, well written yeah. in chalk, not carved. Because the kid is like, hey, will you help me move the bed? And Ichabod's like, no, I can't. <laughs> and at first, they, because the kid is like, oh, it's the evil eye. And it's like, oh, someone's like uh, putting a curse on you kind of thing. But this whole time, he does have the spell book little thing of, like, the guide to spells and witches and stuff. And he immediately, later, he just immediately flips to that page, and it's like, oh, this protects loved ones. Yeah, you could have did that now? Yeah. And especially after you're like, okay, the Headless Horseman is real, so this must be some kind of, like, magic witchcraft stuff. Maybe I'll look in my magic book. Yeah, this would be the, the occasion to do so. Yeah. That night, they follow this hooded figure that's leaving the building going into the woods, and they see it's Mrs. Van Tessel having weird blood magic witch sex in the woods. Yeah, we're, uh, well, because uh, she takes out a knife, and Johnny Depp's about to jump out and be like, no, she's going to stab him. But she, like, slits his, her hand and rubs it all over his back. Yeah, so something's going on here. Next day, they come back and realize Katrina burned all of their evidence and still denies it was her, but because you're going to put my father away. And she angrily leaves and goes, I curse the day you came to Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, she's all mad because he, she, th uh, she thinks that he's blaming her father. And immediately doesn't talk about it or anything. Like, I'm going to burn all the evidence, so I'm destroying evidence. And also, I curse you! Uh, by the way, Lady Van Tessel does tell him, I know you saw me last night. Let's just keep that to ourselves. 
Yeah, because she's like, you didn't ask why I cut my hand or how. And he's like, oh, yes, some very rude of me. How did you? I know you know. <laughs> Real quick, I was looking at um, Letterbox. Ian McDermott's in this. I saw that. I didn't see him, though. Who is he? Dr. Lancaster. Is he just the other doctor in Sleepy Maybe. Hollow? I don't know, but oh. I just saw that. I was like, that name sounds familiar. So, yeah, there's multiple Star Wars people in this, because Christopher Lee was in Star Wars. Holy shit, they have all the Sith Lords. They have yeah. Marvel Sidious, Dooku. <laughs> but there's a town hall meeting at the church tonight, and the everyone's in a panic there, and they don't know what it is. But, of course, the Headless Horseman arrives on the way there as, what's his name? Bordis, am I right? Yeah, Bordis is going to get his wife and like oh, the woods open up, the horseman runs out with her being right there. He assumes she had her head lopped off, runs back to the church, says like the headless horseman killed my wife, and the headless horseman like shoots an arrow or something at the church, but oh. it melts when it hits the ground because hollowed ground. Well he um yeah, it's hollowed ground, so he's like circling it. He throws one of his hatchets onto That's the it, yeah. church land and it does it like disintegrates, which is really cool. And the entire time, it's this huge thing of, like, there's a standoff because everyone's like, if they Headless Horseman takes you, he'll leave the rest of us alone. So they got pistols uh, aimed at each other. Was someone, uh, oh, I think it's Je uh, Reverend Steenwick, played by the very bad man Jeffrey Jones, gets hit yes. in the head with a cross. <laughs> Dude, that, that motherfucker somehow ended ended up being able to sneak, sneak into Throbtober twice. I don't know how. Yeah. That's all. But <laughs> Bordis is about to tell the truth to everyone and let them know, like, about that they knew about the will and everything. But right as he is, a fucking, like, stake on a chain is thrown through the church yeah. window, stabs him, and he's drug out right past the church gate and decapitated. It's really cool because it is. He's setting up, he's like, uh, uh, at the pulpit or whatever where like the reverend preaches and he's like yelling he's like no i didn't do anything and then he gets staked through the heart basically it is this huge blood fountain and he looks down and is like not again almost <laughs> some hellraiser stuff right there yeah but he's pulled where his head is just outside the church grounds and he gets decapitated also this whole time katrina's been doing another one of her uh, protection slash evil eye spells. Yep, and she faints, and they see that she has a chalk in her hand and the symbol on the floor. Right. Next day, Ichabod's leaving. He still won't admit it was <laughs> Katrina, but thinks it was her. He's in the carriage, and he flips through his little magic book. He's going home, remember? And he sees that the symbol is for protection of a loved one, like we said, not actually that. And then he real we're we learn the stepmother is actually alive. The body they found was of a maid that she decapitated to make it look like she was killed. Right, because Ichabod turns the coach around and he goes, because as soon, when he was leaving town, he saw the body going in with the cut on the hand. Well, then he inspects the cut and it's like, well, this was done post-mortem because there's no clotting, there's no signs of healing. Like, this cut was made after she was already dead. And this is where it uh, we find out where all the servants went in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She summons the Headless Horseman to kill Katrina, because she's the last blood relative then. And she has this big villain monologue and everything as young Masbeth is watching. Ichabod oh. jumps out of his carriage. Remember, he's riding back. He finds them all and gets them. They take off. They all hide in a windmill, which 
is this this is just a cool setting with some of the stuff they pull off because the headless horseman chases them and they're like kicking them away climbing up ladders using pulley systems and everything it reminds me like of course the end of frankenstein anytime you see a yes. windmill on fire that's what i think about but it is kind of a cool thing of like they and i guess there's a lot of gunpowder in this windmill i guess that's what's in those bags yeah, is it also the armory Maybe. I mean, that's the only thing, because at first I'm like, what's going to make that explode like that? But it could be gunpowder, so okay. But, but yeah, yeah, the, the horseman, windmill. like, Batmans his way up the um, windmill and, like, cuts him off, which kind of uh, kind of does fit, because Danny Elfman did the score on this and also did 89 Batman. Well, let's be honest, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton are, like, two peas in a pod. Oh. They're always hanging out together. We're all the only thing we're missing to make this the perfect Tim Burton movie is Helen Bottom Carter. Yeah, where the hell is she? Everyone else is here. Oh no, they had Christina Ricci's boobs to take a place of hers. <laughs> but they all get away. But of course, the explosion does not kill the headless horseman and their chase. Oh. And we somehow end up with like a high speed car chase in Sleepy Hollow. It's the great line because the little kid is like, "Did that stop him?" And Ichabod Crane's like, "Well, that's the thing." He was dead to begin with, and that's when he bursts out of the uh, windmill, and he's all, like, doing knife flips and stuff. And then, like <laughs> you said, we get a car chase, but with horses and a buggy. But it works, because I love the whole chase. It's really cool, because it's also very foggy and, like, spooky-looking. They're going through the spooky woods, and there is a lot of, like cool fight choreography that I'm not usually a fan of stuff like this because I'm like okay it's just taking up time in the movie go on I want to hear people talking you know <laughs> but this <laughs> movie I did really enjoy of how they do it because at one point Ichabod like gets thrown off the carriage but he lands on the horseman's horse which why didn't the horse just go oh well you're trying to kill my master so now I will just stop I don't know I think they just I honestly don't know enough about horses to know if they would do that. But yeah, it's kind of just the horses. Even though it's a demon horse, it's just like, okay, I'm still running. <laughs> but they crash right by the evil tree. Oh. The stepmother is there. She shoots Ichabod right in the chest. And she's about to have her revenge. But young Masbeth knocks her out with a log right as Crane gets the headless horseman's skull and throws it to him. And this is ridiculous oh, and yeah. reforming scene. Well, real quick, I want to say a really awesome uh, horse and coachman crash thing. Because I don't know how, like, you see that throughout the movies. Like, we did Black Sunday for Throbtober, and there's a cool, like, coach scene in that of they're going through the woods and stuff. But you don't really see him crash a whole lot. It is a cool crash scene. But yeah, it's the, he, Crane throws the head to the horseman who catches it, that puts it back on. And at first, it's kind of cool looking. Like, okay, CGI isn't the best, but it is cool until, like, because the muscles reforming, you can see hair starting to grow. But then he goes out of frame and pops back up, and he's like, Wah! It's like his mouth <laughs> is huge. The only thing I can think visually to think of, if you haven't seen the movie, is think of the scream mask, how the mouth is like really open. It's like that, but also the tongue is like, <laughs> and then it's Christopher Walken again. Why does he have sharp teeth? Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Well, they said that he, like, sh filed them down to look more evil. It looks like he has a pine cone in his mouth. 
But he bloody kisses the stepmother and puts her on the horse with him and they ride into the tree I guess yeah. so he can finally have his final rest but it kills her in the process she's like stuck in the tree and you see her hand die and then that's pretty much the end of our story but we get some really happy music and I mean really happy Danny Elfman music and we cut to our three heroes arriving in New York together Yes, because, well, the, uh, there was a small little tiny scene, because Katrina was with Brahms, and Brahms got killed, and Christina, uh, Katrina already kind of like Ichabod, because after Brahms got killed, Ichabod's like, I'm so sorry you lost your fiancé, and she's like, oh, I'm over him, I shed my tears for him, and now I want your dick. Yeah, she's like, I already shed all the tears I had for him in a day. Poor Brahms! Uh, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, kind of, but still, but okay, so now, yeah, Ichabod shows up with Katrina on his arm and the little kids with him. Yes, and credits, and that is Sleepy Hollow. Yes, a great atmosphere for October, I believe. There are certain scenes, especially, like you said, with the CGI that dates it and kind of makes it funny, but overall, I think it holds up. I think it holds up fair, fairly good enough, I'll put it that way. Yeah, because you said you hadn't seen this since, what, like, high school? I haven't seen... Oh, no, I've seen this one. I was saying the cartoon one I hadn't seen forever. Oh, okay. This one, I don't know, it might have been around high school since I've seen it. It's been quite a while. I remember you saying when I picked it, you're like, I haven't seen this in years. This is what every single time. I had to... I borrowed my mom's copy of Sleepy Hollow, and I was like... I told her yesterday, I was like, oh, we're recording it so you can have your DVD back because I know you're going to want to watch this. And she's like, thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is one where you know how I'll say like, oh, Basket Case is a movie that I'll put on when I don't know what else to watch or Friday the 13th, like the first one. There's a, I would go over multiple days in a row and mom's watching this on like on repeat. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. Definitely. It's not one I watch too often as we discussed, but I enjoy it when I watch it. Well, it's funny, too, because it's to, uh, to the point where Dad will sometimes come inside the house and see what she's watching. He's like, oh, no, not this again. <laughs> All right, you want to get into the count? Holy shit, this count of the dead ah, 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 is going to be huge. <laughs> All right, Throb and the Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Sleepy Hollow? Because like you said, like the one scene where like the family gets killed, there's three right there. Then Brahms gets killed right after that. There's four within like five minutes. And like you said, there's all the like flashback stuff of the horseman when he was still alive, killing all those people. There's all the town people that he kills. Um, I want to say 25, but I don't know if that's not enough. You are so close. I mean, so close. 26. Nah, you went the wrong way. It was 24. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, for one that's just half of it's just quick stabbings and flashbacks, you got really close. I'm impressed. I'm always off by one. Fuck. Let's <laughs> <laughs> great scout of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. I think of that thing right now. So I'm going to do heads because this entire okay. movie is about heads. So a number with a lack thereof. Right, exactly. They're coming. They're being on the body. Them coming off the body. So a number one version of heads, the worst version of heads, is yours off your body. Correct. That that's going to be very bad. 
uh, the number one version of a type of head. Uh, <laughs> you mean I th- number I 10? Think you, I think you know what I mean about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give Sleepy Hollow. It is, I think it holds up pretty well. I also have the nostalgia factor with it, which I think helps me. I'm going to give it eight heads out of ten. There's a couple little CGI things that look really bad and kind of take you out of it that drop it down a little bit. But altogether, I think it does really hold up well, and I just love the atmosphere. And it's almost not Halloween in October time until you see this movie, personally. I'm not terribly far behind you. I am a little lower. I don't have any of that nostalgia attached to it, but I enjoy it. It's definitely, I know the love everyone has for this movie. I went six and a half heads. Okay. So yeah, I enjoy it. There's some things that it's hard for me to follow because I'm a dumb it. I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> but <laughs> it drops a little. But yeah, six and a half heads. Well, how many movies have we talked about Burgermeisters and it finally took us till now to be like, and even now it's just like, oh, it's a town council person, I guess. <laughs> An official. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Yeah, that's all I think I got, man. All right, well, yeah, well, we hope that you're enjoying Throbtober. I'm pretty sure this is close, really close to the end, so we hope that you've enjoyed this whole month-long worth of stuff. We still have more coming. I, yeah, I think this is the 30th. There's at least one more still to come, maybe more, who knows, because we did release bonus episodes before. Um, but yeah, Don't we hope that you're that enjoying... that on me. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you're enjoying Throbtober, and we hope that Sleepy Hollow has left your brain throbbing with horror. This brings to close another episode of Throbbing with Horror. But fret not, friends. Another episode will be coming next week. Same time, same place. Be sure to check us out on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media.